Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Movies and Meal, the podcast where we talk about movies and more while we eat. Keith here, and Brad has the week off, but I'm joined as always by Ben. What's up? <laughs> Thank you for that. And this week, I'll take a look at the comedy No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. And then for the main event, we'll both dive into this week's big new opening, the return of Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So, Ben, what is No Hard Feelings all about? Bear with me, because no one is Brad, so but I'll, <laughs> I'll try my best. And so, summary, courtesy IMDb. Maddie thinks she's found the answer to her financial troubles when she discovers an intriguing job listing. Wealthy helicopter parents looking for someone to, quote, date their introverted 19-year-old son, (laughs) Percy, and bring him out of his shell before he leaves for college. But awkward Percy proves to be more of a challenge than she expected, and time is running out before she loses it all. That is one summary? That is like like five minutes long. (laughs) That That was a long one. I told you, you know, peek behind the curtain... There were like four different entries for the summary, and I, I just picked the one that says official software. So. Well, it was accurate, you know, but um, I'll get right into it. For me, this is one of the best surprises of the summer. And I'll tell you, a word of appreciation for movie critics, because without the manning good word from them, I would not have even seen this, but the trailer just kind of left me cold. But movie critics have overall, I didn't look at the Rotten Tomato numbers to spoil it, but they were very positive, so I went and see it. And it's really, really good. It might end up in among favorites of movies of the year. We'll see. But, um, you know, at its heart, this is one of a sadly dying breed, one of those truly raunchy comedies with almost as much heart as laughs, which you really don't get enough of anymore. Next week, Ben and I will see Joyride, another one that's in this category with Stephanie Hsu and Sherry Cola and a lot of other talented people. But we really need more of those, especially during the summer, so bring them on. But back to No Hard Feelings, and I went to this after a truly long Thursday workday, and it was just what I needed. And the star here, of course, is Jennifer Lawrence, who I've always loved. And she's in her groove here as a lifer in the Long Island beach hamlet of Montauk, who's broke and is just at her wit's end. If you've seen the trailers, that by now surely you have more than once, plus it was in sort of in Ben's summary, you know the of course silly scheme at the heart of this is that she's hired by a truly clueless pair of parents to bring their college-bound son out of his shell. It's pretty astounding how much heart director and co-writer Gene Stupnitsky manages to get out of this. Fans will know Stupnitsky as the director of Good Boys, another comedy that turned out much better than I expected. And it helps here that the cast is uniformly great, starting with our target here, young Andrew Barth Feldman, who pretty perfectly personifies the movie's tagline, Pretty Awkward. Imagine being 19 and stalked by Jennifer Lawrence on the prowl. He's up to the challenge, and he gets all the funny out of this. And the cast is deep, too, starting with the parents, played by Laura Benanti and Matthew Broderick in one of the year's best wigs, unless he really did cut his hair in the equivalent of a male page boy. They're as great as they are clueless, overbearing parents, but goofy enough that they make you believe this scheme is somehow, at least in their minds, a good idea. And TV fans will like seeing Natalie Morales of Parks and Rec, also director of the seriously funny and smart Plan B, and Scott MacArthur of The Mick as Lawrence's best friends. And a word of warning, I guess, to parents or anyone else who might be offended, this is indeed an R-rated movie. And to sum it up, show you just how much I like this movie, I'd put it in spirit at least with the likes of Superbad. For me, the gold standard of the raunchy comedy with heart. No Hard Feelings is not quite that good, but it really does come close. And for that, I will give it three and a half stars. And I think it'll be in theaters for a few more weeks, so go see it. Speaking of ratings, uh, it's time for the Rotten Tomatoes guessing game. So, Keith, <laughs> well, what do you got? Um, like I said, I didn't look, but I know critics were surprisingly warm to this one. I'll go 70. And everybody likes J-Law, so I will go 75. Okay, you're almost pretty dead on with mm-hmm. the critics. 68%. Uh, audience, uh, they actually liked it more than you would expect it. Uh, it was 87%. So. Well, I'm glad, but this really is a feel-good movie. It's, you know, it's one of those, I love those comedies with heart, and this is it's a pretty perfect one. Okay, and the critics' consensus is, 
This raunchy comedy often plays it disappointingly safe, but Jennifer Lawrence's comedic and dramatic chops ensure that the end results prompt no hard feelings. <laughs> That's kind of clever. Oh, and yeah, yeah I, I agree. She's really good. Okay, all right. So a three and a half for you for that mm-hmm. movie. So why don't we go on to one of the summer's kind of anticipated blockbusters, and that is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This is the fifth movie in the Indiana Jones series uh, that dates all the way back to 1981 with Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's one of Harrison Ford's uh, iconic characters, and he's played many. Uh, mm-hmm. Han Solo, Jack Ryan, um, if you want to throw in like Deckard from uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, so if you look at it, though, the first Star Wars, if I'm not mistaken, came out in 77. 77. This is only four years later. That's incredible. Yeah, That's yeah. two iconic parts of all time. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll get into it a little bit, uh, but, you know, I mean, it's just... We should just take it a, a second to appreciate just Harrison Ford being a movie star for almost 50 years now, really, <laughs> 45 years, mm-hmm. and just all that he's given us. All right, so here's a summary, courtesy IVB. Indiana Jones races against time to retrieve the legendary artifact that can change the course of history. So That's you know, a good short summary. Yeah, that's yeah. a good short summary. <laughs> um, obviously, we just talked about uh, Harrison Ford, the headliner's back, and it's really a two-horse movie between mm-hmm. him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge of Fleabag and many other things. We have some surprise cameos that I won't really mention, but... Mads Mikkelsen, who mm-hmm. Keith and I were discussing off-air, is kind of the preeminent, one of the preeminent villains in cinema mm-hmm. right now, is the bad guy. And he always gives good Nazi, yeah. which is good for yeah. Indy. Oh. And Boyd Holbrook, who was in mm-hmm. Logan, which is mm-hmm. a James Mangold movie, who directed this movie, uh, is also in this movie. He's very good, a, too. As a, like the head henchman, Kind of, kind of a muscle, sort yes, of. Yes, yeah. Muscle with brain, little brains. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've enjoyed this series. This is one of my favorite series of all time, and... Um, you know, King of the Crystal Skull, I remember when it came out in 2008, I just like, that was like an early Facebook post for me. I'm just like, I was disappointed. Was and that the fourth one? Yes, that's okay, the yeah, one with yeah. Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah, that was and terrible. <laughs> the first three are just, I don't know, they're the gold standard. So many things in pop culture owe so much to Indiana Jones. Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. Uncharted, The Mummy series... Uh, National Treasure. Mm-hmm. Who knew they, archaeology yeah. was that cool? Yes, yes. So it's 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 all very good. Um, you know, long story short, I enjoyed it. You know, Harrison Ford is eighty years old, and again, we'll maybe we'll get into a little like tribute to him in a second. But um, he's still doing it, man. Uh, maybe he doesn't move as fast, <laughs> but he still has that charisma, and I, I enjoyed this movie. So, what did you think, Keith? You know, I did too, and I was a little worried going in. I didn't look at the tomatoes to spoil that, but. Um, ben and I were talking, you know, the early buzz, people who I hope saw it before they said this, said that it was a bad movie. The buzz was kind of turned a little bit, critics were warming up, and I'm glad that they were because this is not, I, I'm used to give you a little teaser, I put it number three, I think it's better than Temple of Doom. It's a really good indie movie. It's not perfect, it's of course a little bit too long, the CGI is a little wonky in the action scenes, but you know, Harrison Ford is great, and so is Phoebe Waller-Bridge, we'll get, we'll get into that. But really, it just caught the spirit of Indiana Jones, and I appreciated that. It's just a general good time. You know, these movies were made to be popcorn movies, and something you could just go have a good time and leave feeling good, and that's what this movie left me with. And definitely, I think, uh, maybe clean some of the bitter taste off of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. A couple things I I guess I would address that I was a little worried about. You know, Harrison Ford is 80 years old, and just like, how much can you do? I mean, he's a spry 80-year-old for sure, and he's 
had a kind of a renaissance, I guess. In, in uh, recent times, he's he's in Indiana Jones. He was just in an Apple Plus TV show that keeps seeming to like pretty good. Uh, Shrinking. Yes, Shrinking. If you like um, Harrison Ford, you should watch Shrinking. Yeah, you know? and because. If you're in Hollywood with any kind of name, then eventually you're going to be a comic book movie. He is going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe pretty soon. Oh, should we spoil it for people? You told no, me. That's fine. So, I mean, so, but, you know, it's <laughs> he, he's everywhere. Again, I'm going to just take a minute to, because I, I enjoy the movie. I'm just going to take a minute to, again, just tip my hat to Harrison Ford. He's given us so many good movies. Mm-hmm. The Indiana Jones series, obviously Han Solo. We were just talking about Jack Ryan because the TV show is in mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, he was in two very good, probably the best two Jack Ryan So it was uh, Clear movies. and Present Danger. And, and Patriot what, Games. That's right, yeah. Deckard in the uh, Blade Runner series. Mm-hmm. And also just like things like, you know, Mosquito Coast, which I enjoyed. Another show that ended up being a Apple Plus TV mm-hmm. show. Um, I don't know, Witness, stuff. Presumed yeah. Innocent, mm-hmm. uh, there's just so many. The Fugitive, how do we get The oh, Fugitive? I didn't, I didn't fantastic see, movie. I didn't see Regarding Henry, that may be a good movie, but yeah. I didn't want to see Harrison Ford with dementia, that didn't sound appealing to me. You yeah. Know? yeah. But he does, all, he, does, he does all kinds of yeah. things. But, you know, building off what you said, you know, he's excellent, but you can't say enough, at least I can, about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She pretty much pers- jumps right into it, and she is his goddaughter, Helena. And, you know, she has the archaeology bug, but as is always the... Um, Thing in Indiana Jones, she's in it for the money as much for the history of it, and there's always that you know pull in both ways in the indie movies, and she pretty much captures that, and she's really really funny to boot. I don't think they'll do another indie movie. Well, we'll get into it. This one ends pretty perfectly. If they did one with her though, I would see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought they played off each other very well in a way that again, you know, um, Shia LaBeouf did not in the movie <laughs> previous to this one. But um, you know, the, the interplay is good. You know, it's um. It's not quite like Sean Connery and Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, close, it's, though. It, it's oh. good. I mean, it's just enjoyable, um, and it's like she brings her flea bag sensibility to, to mm-hmm. it, but it doesn't overpower it. And no, it's there's not a like, yeah, sweetness. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's fit to uh, the style of the movie, and I thought that James Mangold did a good job in directing this movie. You know, he doesn't necessarily like trying to make a carbon copy of a Steven Spielberg thing, but kind of still in the same lane. Well, you know, when you're going into an indie movie, that the plot's going to be insane, and not reveal too much. But this time out, you know, Mads Mikkelsen's a Nazi, mm. and they're all searching for the Dial of Destiny, as it's called, which was an actual thing apparently created by Archimedes. It did not, you know, give me the ability of time travel. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of a spoiler, but I won't tell you what they did with it. It all builds up to, like I said, some of the action is a little hit or miss. And I could have done without a couple of them because it's a little bit of a long movie. I will say the finale, though, is pure insanity and, yes. it's, and it's pure um, indie. I won't tell you about the finale, even if the spoiler's off, because you need to see it. It's about 20 minutes long and it is insane. Then it builds to, of course, a, a satisfying finish. I don't know. Who else do we give a hat to? You know, Mads Mikkelsen is great. I thought, you know, and maybe it's just because this movie is set in 1969. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, most, the previous ones, except for the fourth one, are all kind of in the late 30s, early 40s. And Mads Mikkelsen's character and Boyd Holbrook, the, the, the Nazi guys, mm-hmm. um, there's a little bit more of a bloodthirstiness with this. Like, I just don't yeah. remember <laughs> the bad guys killing so many innocent people than they do in this movie. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people... We were well, just in the wrong place at the wrong time. We get killed. Well, who played the um, really bad Nazi in the first one who burns his hand? That uh, guy, that's I the first one I remember. Who was yeah. he? Was just pure evil. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're just like just killing people indiscriminately. So that was a little jarring. But again, 
you know, if you get with the times, and this is 1969 mm-hmm. where this movie is set, um, you know, things have changed. It's not the greatest generation, and it's not as, as so clean and everything like that. Yeah, but that, that didn't bother me. I don't. I, I want my villains to have an edge to them, and they yeah, did. They're definitely villainous, for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, Ben said to me, and you might you know more than I do, you read a lot about movies, this might be John Williams' last score. I think so. And the movie run, the music, his music runs throughout, and it is great, yeah. as always. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Raiders mm-hmm. March from Indiana Jones, iconic, mm-hmm. iconic It's theme. one of the, probably the best movie theme yes, of all time. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about Harrison Ford, like, John Williams, this man is behind the Indiana Jones theme. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, wow. Empire March. Encounters. Close Encounters of the Third yeah. Kind. Mm-hmm. Superman, gosh, whatever, the Olympics theme, NBC Night News Nightly, mm-hmm. uh, there's just so many things. Like, we're, we're forgetting stuff. For yeah, sure. yeah, and I did look it up. He is 90, yes. so he, this may be his last one. If, yeah. if it is, it was a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't else? think we can say anything else about the actors anyway till we take the lid off. Yeah, yeah. So should we do our review first? Why don't we, we go ahead and do our reviews yeah, well, and Rotten Tomatoes and first. stuff? So mm-hmm. I'm going to steal Keith's line. I'm going to give this an affectionate three and a half, <laughs> um, for sure. And... You know, just a prompt ranking. I think you already have yours loaded up. I would mm-hmm. think I'd probably still have to go from from one to five ranking. The number one is probably still Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. though Last Crusade is close. I'm going to have to go this third and then Temple of Doom fourth. Mm-hmm. If only because like Kate Capshaw's character is supposed to be annoying, but she's just annoying to me. Um, <laughs> and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is five. That's my rating, three and a half. So Keith, what do you Yeah, do? I'm with you. And I'll use the word affection too. I was going to go three, but I just had a really good time with this movie. Even for its faults, it's really, really good. I think your ranking is right. I would go Crusade number one just because he and Connor are so funny. And I put this number three. Like you said, OG one, number two. And then I think your order is right with that. So let's go right into the... Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. And Ben gets to play. Okay. I already know the number. Critics, again, it kind of, I think it's kind of made a critical comeback, at least in the first, in the months coming upcoming to this. So I'm going to go like 65 for the critics. And audience, I mean, our theater was at 11 o'clock. It was the first showing, mm-hmm. I think, in the movie theater, period. And it was, we were a small theater. It was still kind of packed. Um, everybody loves Indiana Jones. <laughs> I'm going to go, except, never mind. Uh, 91%. 91%. <laughs> well, you were very close. Closer on the critics, 65. Okay. And the fans were actually close on both, 89. Okay. So, okay. And the critics' consensus is, is not as thrilling as earlier adventures, but the nostalgic rush of seeing Harrison Ford back in action helps Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, find a few final bits of cinematic treasure. Okay. I'm down with that. All right. So we won't do a full box office, but let's talk about Indiana Jones because this is a recent release. So was it number one? It was. I don't have the full list, but it has to be. Mm-hmm. It made $24 million just on Friday. Oh, okay. And we're looking at $60 million maybe okay. through Sunday. And, of course, it gets the five days. So I don't think it'll get to $100 million, But for a little perspective, the pretty much maligned The Flash made $55 million. Now, with promotion and everything, this is at least a $300 million movie, so that is not a stellar number, but it's, it's still a good one. I think that's consistent oh. with the blockbusters that we've had. Transformers, mm-hmm. I think, was also around the 60, 60 million mark. Yeah, I guess unless you have a Marvel movie that's universally known, that's maybe what you can shoot for. Yeah. And I just got one other, um, No Hard Feelings. I don't know where it ranked, but it is up to $24 million, which is very solid for, yeah. for a this niche is, comedy. This is like, know. what, week two or something like that? Maybe week three, because it started with $9 million. This is probably week three. So it's holding pretty steady, and like I said, go see it. It's, it's, it's going to be in theaters for a while. It's not no. bad, and you know what? We need more R-rated movies, mm-hmm. R-rated comedies for sure. I mean, yep. you know... 
it's the summertime. We're talking about a lot of IP movies, and I think a lot of the movies that we're going to review are blockbusters and IP, but mm-hmm. the movie theater needs more movies than just IP and superhero movies. I mean, it's we need we need no, the no hard feelings of the world. Exactly. So. And and little plug, next week, go see Joyride. Yeah. I don't know I don't remember all four of their names, but it's four young Asian women who are very funny. Stephanie Shu and Sherry Cole on top. It's going to be a really raunchy road trip movie. They go to I think they go to China yes. to find someone's ancestors or something. I don't know. I can't spoil it because I don't know exactly, but it's going to be wild. Okay. Um, All right, so I think at this point we can do the spoilers. Spoilers, turn away. Look away! Look a, little, away a, little, a little bread. <laughs> Not nearly as vocal, but you know. Um, so, okay, so, you know, uh, the long and short of it is, you know, in some ways... I think after the flashback, Harrison Ford is just pretty much Harrison Ford. He's not mm-hmm. even playing Indiana Jones. He's just a grumpy. Yeah. Old, he's just kind of a grumpy old man. Well, that's why I like the first scene after the cold open when he's retiring from Hunter College. He's perfectly grumpy. Yeah, Indy, um, Indy slash Harrison. But you can see, still see that he's lived through the death of his son and all this. He still plays it so well. Okay, um, okay. So the the movie's set in 1969. If you recall the ending of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is set in 1955. Indiana Jones gets back with Marion Ravenwood, and they marry. And then, um, you know, she had had a son with Indiana Jones, and that was Shia LaBeouf's character. But in this movie, we find out that Mutt, that is uh, Shia's character, <laughs> had enlisted in the army mm-hmm. uh, and was killed in Vietnam. And then that that caused kind of a rift between he and Marion. So they're kind of split in the in the beginning of this movie. So Harrison Ford is like based in retirement. He's just a grumpy old man living alone. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, who is the daughter of Indy's friend, played by Toby Jones, comes back in his life. And, you know, it's basically like, let's get the MacGuffin, which is the Dial of Destiny. And that's the <laughs> thing that uh, also Matt's Mickelson boys, Holbrook, are, are chasing. Uh, and long story short, you know, uh, again, we're full spoilers. You know, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones movies, that third act, it's usually something fantastical anyway. You think about the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark or Indiana Jones' The Last Crusade where they meet a knight and, you know, they have the cup of Christ that gives everlasting life. And But this one is so good. I would put it right up there with the end of number one. The best thing about this movie is the last, like, 30 minutes. This is an adrenaline rush, rush, and it's really good. Okay, and, mm-hmm. like, full spoilers again, like, you know, the, the this Dial of Destiny can basically locate pockets, fissures, I think as they call them, which means mm-hmm. that there are little pockets in the time-space continuum that you can kind of jump through to go back in time. You know, Mads Mikkelsen wants it because he wants to go back. He's a Nazi. He wants to go mm-hmm. back to kill Adolf Hitler so he can, like, run everything and, like, <laughs> use his knowledge of what happened to, like make a Nazi Nazi party successful and make them win World War II. But um, long story short, um, they are incorrect in that, and they travel back in time, but not where they want to. Uh, but everything seems to work out. And then at the end, and, you know, Indy gets to have his happy ending. Uh, Marion comes back. We bring back Sala in this movie from the Raiders of the Lost Ark in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and he gets to, he gets to go in there. and He doesn't show up till the end, right? Uh, he has, like, one or two scenes. Okay, yeah. uh, uh, but, you know, it's just an overall satisfying uh, ending to, I think, what most people believe, and I think even they believe, is probably the last Indiana Jones movie, which is fine. So It should be. And, you know, you know, um, I knew going in that Karen Allen was going to be in this. You Married know, for the first movie. Yeah. And, you know, even though, like, our, our good friend Brad had a little, let's say minor, he was very upset when, he, when um, it was spoiled for him that Wonder Woman was in a certain other movie this, this summer. But, you know, we're wired a little differently. I didn't really care. I was just waiting for her to show up. And I had a feeling we'd be at the very end. 
And it is perfectly sweet. I mean, now, you know... It's a call it, back to the first movie. Yeah, Indy and Marion, you can't exaggerate how great they are. They're like they're Nick and Nora, you know, Bogey and uh, Garbo. They're everything for us. And it's a perfectly sweet ending. And I really, really, really hope it does end that way. You know, for good. You know. Yeah, and, you know, the other surprise cameo that... I think in the ether I might have heard, but it didn't register <laughs> to me because they didn't recognize me at first. Um, Antonio Banderas is in this movie... Um, it is a glorified cameo. He's not part, mm-hmm. really part of the lore. You know, without spoiling too much, um, he's only in there a couple scenes. Uh, yeah, and I didn't even, even after the movie, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch the credits much. I was playing my phone. I didn't know until I was reading up on it that was even him. Yeah. It doesn't look much like him. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> corporate companies are corporate companies, and money will always come <laughs> first. But, you know, they already kind of blew it with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and they, they had a rebound with this movie, so, like, mm-hmm. don't screw it up, you know? If they did one with Phoebe Waller-Bridge... I could live with that. She's really good. That would, um, yeah, and that one, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a brand as an Indiana Jones movie. Exactly. She just, like, knows yeah. Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid, her little sidekick, was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I felt that and I yeah. felt that way. The The sidekick was kind of a nod to, um, you know, Short Round mm-hmm. and Temple mm-hmm. of Doom. And just good stuff. Watch these movies. They're all on Disney Plus now, I believe, right? Cause oh, all the indie movies. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. because Disney now owns the, the rights to that. I didn't. Lucasfilm. I had totally forgotten until in the opening credits when it says Disney. Yeah, I, I know because it's too Paramount. We're all used to seeing Paramount. Is yeah, the, is a and Paramount's still there. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think we're gonna take our cue from Indiana Jones and try to end on a high note and try not to be not not to overstay our welcome that long. So, Keith, you got the plugs. Sure, you can reach us at moviesandameal.og at gmail.com. Movies and a meal on Twitter. And give us a listen on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, all right. So next week we're going to be back. Keith and I are going to review uh, Joyride. And, and I also... will look at The Blackening. Okay, so it's kind of a comedy weekend. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think Brad will actually be back on air with us to, to support. He should be. He's here in spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. I think for this episode of Movies in the Mail, I'm Ben. And Keith. <laughs>